and a stotram that's the indian language that mean praise the lord and i love american church i mean churches here i love this church it's pretty nice clean well done organized and you know i was i came to america i started singing songs and english songs and just sing after the people sing and uh, sometimes you don't see on the screen i love to see on the screen because i was some one song i was singing like how great the war i was singing all of the war w a r war i said why the they love war i mean you know so i was keep singing the same years then one day i just on the screen how great the art i said my goodness i was singing that so wrong and you know so i love to see on screen people ask hey, you know all the songs no i'm just reading in you know, on the screen i don't know any song in 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 english i'm trying to learn english last several years 16 years still hard to understand i talk on the phone preachers you know i talk on the phone they said hey joseph slow down you know why don't you come up here and we can talk face to face so i can read your lips <laughs> so i said all right that's fine <laughs> and uh, you know god meant so blessing to our ministry last six and a half years and uh, i came to the states 2002 and married a beautiful girl as i came to the states and i was a preacher in india she came to mission trip and that's we met and long short, uh, story short and uh, i came here and then after um 13 years i live in illinois working country bob and i always wanted to go back to do ministry ministry preaching in india because you guys see the a uh, video only 2% are christian more than 1.3 almost 3 billion people in india and whole whole world is 7 billion right as a 1.3 billion just in india and uh, so only 2% are christians 80% are hindus 14% are muslims and 4% no religious people right and so i want to go back to man this when we drive to america i see the churches beautiful churches and crows i love it here and when we go to in india and you see scary gods or whatever they call 300 million gods worship everything for reason worship vin or sun different gods but we worship one god for everything i mean as jesus christ and uh, so thank you church supporting us and when we start this mission as a day we told our work and church that we're going back to india we didn't have any money how are we going to do that and we were reading uh, scripture uh, uh, genesis chapter 22 you guys know abraham i take isaac to sacrifice you guys all know the story and i don't know maybe he was waiting almost 100 years right abraham waiting for this god's promise and when he got this finally have this child then he god asked him to sacrifice he probably teenager i don't know the bible didn't talk about how old isaac was i think he's healthy enough to carry the firewood right and and uh, so i'm seeing maybe 13 14 years old then he asked isaac asked abraham hey, where's the the lamb the sacrifice uh, stuff then abraham said he will provide jehovah jireh that's what we name and god provide right jehovah jireh god will provide when we step in the ministry when we sold our house and cars we lost money i said oh, you know we don't have any money to start this ministry how are we going to do it this this word abraham was mad maybe i'm see i can see he will probably get upset 
God gave this son and only one and promised son and now he, I'm going to sacrifice it. But another side, he trusts in God. When we give a praise to God, he will keep his promise. Amen. Then that's what we did. Uh, let's, you know, the, when we read the Bible, all the promise God promised and he kept the promises. And this is going to happen to us too. So we said, hey, let's call Jaira, Jehovah Jireh. And then we call Jaira Indian Mission. God will provide. We went to a few churches in Illinois. We talk about this thing. I was expecting, hey, they're going to give us a check or they're going to help us. We got a few thousand dollars. I said, hey, we need $50,000 to step by this land and start the orphanage. So we had to be years to raise the fund for 50000 How many churches we had to go? We may have to go 100 churches to raise $50,000. How are we going to do this? We're, you know, then we prayed, and when, when we were preaching to one church, and we walked out, and we were driving home, and we got a, my phone was ringing. I looked at it. One lady, and she's, I never, we never know her before, you know, she gave us a $40,000 check. We said, oh, we, she doesn't know even us, and we don't know her. And that's, I'm just saying, no, because of the $40,000, because God provides when we trust in him. And sometimes it's his time, and he will provide for us. We start with the six uh, kiddos. Now we have 80 beautiful orphan, orphan children. We have some information back there, newsletter. You can grab it and read it more. And uh, last February, I was in India then. Our churches are long in India, like three, four hours. So I was talking to this morning, the preaching elders, and so they're going to be long service today. They say, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to stop it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was uh, in India last February. I took the kids to run for 5K, the first time they ever run. Some of, we have like uh, 30,000 kids involved in the running. And uh, we got it. They enjoyed it. Then I was sitting in the church four hours. Our service was this. That time, four of us, we have a couple of visitors, preachers, he, they preach. Then I was walking six miles, walk to the orphan, our home, that my knee was hurting that day. And, but it's beautiful chairs here. We don't have to sit on the floor, right here. And uh, in India, we had to cook meals before we come to church, go to church. That take hours to do the rice and fish curry or whatever curry we make. Here, we can drive through, get any food. All right, we don't have to. How many of you guys prepare meals this morning? I just feel, <laughs> few hands. And because we know it's some restaurants open Sundays and we can eat. Now, I'm saying is, you know, we have a lot of you guys see some. Before I get started, well, I'm just getting started. <laughs> My time is almost over. My wife, she speaks good English, so I'm going to let her come up and speak after a couple of minutes. And I want to take apology. I know some of you guys came trying to come to India and come to the airport, and you guys couldn't get in. India getting hard. Now you have a new prime ministers, and again, it's all the religions, you know, they want only one, one uh, religious in India. Please pray for the, our country. And uh, in, North, in India, 13-year-old girl, she was no Christian. She was going to Christian church and come back radical people burn her to death and uh, one of my friends from my hometown moved to North India as a, pre a preaching church is long years he killed the preacher because and uh, it's not easy you know it's easy for me to go back to India 
do missions because I'm from India. I'm an Indian citizen. And uh, I can get baptized. And we are a baptism in, India, uh, in our orphanage. We have a washing, cloth washing area. You guys saw some pictures. So we baptize them there. And before I get baptized, I inform some preachers, hey, we're going to get baptized, kiddos. What do you guys think? They said, don't do it. They can shut down the orphanage. I said, it's okay. You know why? Because we are here for that reason. I mean, that Jesus to be alive. He is alive, right? We are there to proclaim the word of God. We are not there to do charitable trust or charitable work. We are to proclaim God's word. So we, I baptized four kiddos that day. And it was like a year and a half ago. We didn't have any problem. And uh, some authorities came and told us, hey, man, when we walk in this place, it's so peaceful. And uh, something happened to their family. They called us and said, can we come, come and me and my family can come and stay with you guys a couple of days? I said, yeah, welcome to do it. And they know we are Christians and peaceful. And our orphanage we call House of Peace. And, you know, and uh, we love it that way. And uh, God been blessing. And all the people around us, they know we are Christians. And we... And you're not going to surprise, maybe a few years, maybe we will start another orphanage. I mean, and because we cannot just go start a church. My plan is to start a church. When I was thinking, when we build a building or start a church, nobody's going to come because they don't know what church looks like. And no Christians around there. But this is the only way we can reach people for Christ, starting working with the kids and starting orphanage. That's our plan, to start another orphanage uh, somewhere in another city. So pray for, continue to pray, LCC, pray for our ministries and what we do. And uh, I know it's kind of hard for my kids and my wife. And it was, somebody was asking, hey, it's cold in here. I said, yeah, it's cold. We have 110 degrees there now. <laughs> and always more warm. And we, we don't have, like, I love the American season, like for, you know, summer, winter, and fall. And, and uh, I love it. You know, they ask, hey, why is the weather? Well, we have four seasons too, but call summer and summer and summer and summer. <laughs> and so we, that's, that's we have always. We, when the orphanage, our place is, uh, uh, we have monsoon in India, my hometown, eight hours from the orphanage. We get monsoon like three, four months, continue rain. But in our orphanage, we only get few, year, uh, few rains a year. So pray for rain for our place. And uh, yeah, before, I just wanted to, is anybody up here and trying to come to India? And they couldn't get, I wanted to see you guys. And I wanted to say, and sorry, what happened that day. Was anybody, I know TJ was there. Can you stand up, please, or raise your hands? Sorry. All right. Well, glad to see you guys. I couldn't see you in India. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are upset. I was, we were, that's the first time happened to us. And, and our prayers, that's the last, hap, last time happened to us, too, you know. So continue to pray, and thank you guys for trying to come, uh, come and work with us, and thank you for the financial support and prayer, and Lana's going to come up and talk, take a couple minutes. Thank you. God bless. Um, like Joseph was saying, we're so thankful to be able to be here this morning, and for those who did try to come, we were sick <laughs> over it, um, and we know God has a reason for, for those things happening. We know that God um, could have got you in. There, there was a reason. We don't know what that is. Someday we will. Um, 
we are living and working in a Hindu nation, and it is getting more difficult every day. Um, the current prime minister, who has now been there um, for four years, his goal is to get rid of all Christians by 2021, is what he has publicly spoken and said. Um, currently, this is a really big prayer request. Currently, the elections are going on in India. Um, they end May like 18th or something like that. Um, and it is for the prime minister. So we really are praying and just um, asking God. The best thing, one thing we're praying is that this current prime minister would come to know who Christ is. That would be the best solution. Um, but if not, then we would like him to be removed and we would like someone else new to come in because he is a very radical Hindu. Um, he was in India, each state, each state has its own government, its own president, but then the prime then there's a prime minister over all of India. This current prime minister was a president um, of another of a state in India, and it was extreme in the persecution towards Christians in his state when he was the president. And the past four years, the persecution in India has just escalated. Um, and I mean, the numbers have just escalated like crazy. I will say though that in that, also in the past four years, Christianity has gone way up as well. Um, we were saying, Joseph was saying that it's been about 2% Christian, and that's the way it's been for like 80 years or something, right around that 2% Christian. And actually, the we recently heard that that number has gone up to almost 6% just in the past four years because of all the persecution. So, the selfishly, yes, I want the persecution to stop, but that's a very selfish request because as the persecution has gone up, the Christians have been bold and they have st stood firm and um, the numbers of Christians has, has risen as well. So instead of praying the persecution stop, pray for the, pray for the Christians there. Pray that their faith stays bold. Pray that they stand with courage. Pray that the, the Hindus and the others see that and that they come to know Christ because of that. Um, that that's just that's just a really big thing that we're, we're we really need prayer for that right now for the government of India. Um, obviously, those who tried to come, you see how serious they are about if they know you're going to come do the work of God of God or for Christians. I mean, they'll shut you down. Recently, I'm working on a new visa, and um, I had to try to get another visa. So I was originally going to do a visa. And at the end of that, there was this new letter that I had to sign saying that I promise I will do no missionary work while I'm in India. And so we prayed about it. And I went and I found a different kind of visa that I could get. And it's actually a lifetime visa because he's an Indian citizen that I can get. And I didn't have to sign that paper. <laughs> so um, we're praying. We haven't, I've not received that yet. So that's another prayer request that that goes quickly, that I get that quickly so that we can get back. We're wanting to get back um, in early June. We've, I've been here um, now since around August. And he, I went back in October and then um, I haven't been back since then and I'm ready to get back. We need to get back. There's so much work to be done. Um, the government has given us some stipulations on we're needing to move our boys out of the current dormitory and give them a separate dormitory. There's, there's just a lot to get done. And so we need to get there. Joseph was just there 
um, but we're ready to go back. So just pray with us for that. As we've been on furlough and we have been just going to churches and and um, sharing about what God has been doing, this, this time that we've been home, um, God has really put something on my heart to share with the churches. Um, more of just an encouragement, but it's something that um, I've just really felt strongly that God has asked me to to share with with the churches here in the states and that is basically and we've already heard it a few times this morning that our God is still moving and that our God is still good he's a good God that does never change his he is still moving we are in a world of negativity of worry Uh, our country is a mess right now Um, the world is a mess right now but our God has not stopped moving. We sing about victory. We sing about his power. But as the church and as believers, so often we don't live that at all. And we sit and we stew over the stuff that's going on. And we should be, I'm not saying we shouldn't be bothered by things going on in this world. And, and the sin and the, the direction of our country and those types of things. We should be, but we cannot get stuck in it, and we cannot get our eyes focused on it. Because if we do, Satan has won. Because he wants us to look at the negative and stay on that and focus on that and just keep going over that and worrying over that. And if we instead put our eyes and focus on the victory we have in Jesus, the power that we have in Jesus, one thing I can promise you is there's been these same problems since the beginning. It's just in our face more because social media, the news, I mean everything. It's always been here. We've just got to keep our eyes focused on Christ and on his victory and on his power. And that's just a, that is just the message. And it's, it's something that God has really had to work with me on because I so easily could just get, you know, look at the numbers of 31 million orphans. And I'm like, we've only got 80. Like, that's that's nothing like and I, I can I can let myself just say we're not doing enough how can we do more and and it's just never going to be enough and those children are suffering and looking around the world at the suffering children and even in the states the suffering children and our foster care system that's a mess and all of that and and we could get stuck on that and sometimes I find myself getting stuck on that and God says focus on me keep your eyes on me I am victorious I have a plan we're going to get through this when the end is here We've won. He's already won. So so that's just kind of my message. And you guys, God is moving. I promise you. We've been in this ministry for six years. I think the last time we were here, we had around 57, 60 children at the orphanage. We came. We were asking and praying to get money for our second built, second floor for the dormitory. God has provided that. The second floor is finished. We've moved all of our girls up on the second floor. Um we, we now have space for our aftercare program for children who age out of our program so that they don't just, aren't just left alone. We've got, um, right now we've got seven who are aged out, who have finished high school. All seven are in college. We have a bakery who, did we have the bakery the last time we came here? Okay, I think we were starting the bakery. I was negative about the bakery. I hope I didn't say anything negative last time I was here about the bakery. Because I might have. <laughs> because when my husband was like, I think God wants us to start a bakery, I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why are we starting a bakery? We've got an orphanage. Why can't we just love on the children? You know, and 
and Joseph said, no, this is a, this is, this is going to be great. And I thought, whatever, you know, like, and he's like, let's pray about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll pray about it. I didn't pray about it. I just talked negative about it. Anyway, um, thankfully he stays on track when I whine and the bakery God has blessed it. We just had to add an addition onto the bakery. Our bakery provides bread for over 50 stores in the surrounding areas. Um, it provides bread and food for our orphanage, for another orphanage that we just give it to, an elderly home that we give it to, the lepers that we take bread to weekly. Um, it's That's been amazing. We now have five after-school programs and five different um, poverty-stricken villages that we're able to go in on a daily basis, and we work with those kids six days a week. Um, and we just had a VBS, and this last VBS, there was almost 600 ch children the last day of that VBS, all Hindu, every one of those children Hindu. And, uh, I mean, our widow tailoring program, which is is new, I think, from, I don't think we had that, did we, the last time? I can't remember. It's been everything. It's, it's just been crazy. When, when we decided to start, God put on our hearts. When you read in the Bible, and he talks about orphans, every single time he mentions the widows. Take care of the orphans and the widows. Take care of the orphans and the widows. And it finally got to the point where, like, well, we've only done half of this commandment. We've got orphans, but we, and we, we had hired some widows to come and take care of us. Let me tell you about the widows and orphans. The widows, especially in India and in that, in that culture, it's, I'm not saying that to be a widow anywhere is not difficult. I've not experienced. I'm sure it's very difficult. In the culture in India, it's not only difficult for these widowed women, but they are considered cursed by the gods in India. So in India, in the in with the Hindu religion, with that in that culture, in the way that they think, everything is done, everything is in cursings and blessings by their god. Everything. So if you are wealthy, the gods have blessed you. You're good to go. Like why? They don't even want to listen to us speak. We don't need your God. Our God has blessed us. We are great. Not too much different, I think, than sometimes in the States. But, um, but if you're poor, if you're a widow, the gods have cursed you. Because they believe in the reincarnation, there's something they've done in their past life so bad that at this life God has cursed them and they are a widow. So it is their own fault. If you are an orphan child in India, you've done something in your past life to come back to this life. You are an orphan child. It is your own fault. You've been cursed by the gods. If you are a leper, you've done something in your past life so bad that you are now considered untouchable. You cannot be talked to. You cannot be touched. You have to go into a colony and live there for the rest of your days. There is one lady in our leper colony, the sweetest little thing, and she has given her life to Christ. Christ. And she has been in that leper colony for 48 years. 48 years. And you've seen the condition of that leper colony. 48 years. She contracted leprosy when she was a young mother. Her family put her in that colony. She's never seen her children again. Never in 48 years. And she just cries. But then as she's crying, she's praising Jesus because she now has hope. So when I say it's difficult to be a widow and to be an orphan and for them to have this mindset of the gods have cursed me. Can you imagine if, if we sat and just thought, well, God's cursed me. Like how? We have such hope and joy in our Christ and in our God, and they don't. So when we come in with a message of hope, when, when foreigners, when people come from the states, our, my white face is old. They, I mean, they've seen me all the time. But when somebody else comes and gets to 
love on them and hug on a leper whose their own people won't touch them or look at them. One really cool story, real quick. Um, there was some people from like the government agency or whatever who was trying to come and find our orphanage to like meet with us. And um, they were they were driving around and they're trying to find it, and they um, stopped somewhere close to where the leper colony was, and we're asking directions because we're in the middle of nowhere, um, and they don't have they don't have street signs, so you know you just stop everywhere and ask directions. And so they were asking directions and they were trying to explain what they're looking for, and the people who were living around the leper colony said, "Oh, you mean the people who come and love and hug on the lepers." That's what, that's what now we've gotten known as. We're the people who go and hug on the lepers because nobody else will. And when we come in and when foreigners come in and get to do that and everybody sees that, first of all, you're going to be the only white people they see except for my face, and that's what they see. And then you leave, and you know what the lepers and the people are asking us? Why? Why would somebody come all the way from America just to serve me a meal or just to pray over me and pray with me. Why would they do that? Like what my own people right outside these gates, my own family won't come in and do it. And and the children the same way. Why are these people coming? Why would they do that for us? And we always, always get to point to Jesus. Every single time we get to point to Jesus. And it's made a huge impact huge. We have a, a weekly Bible study at the leper colony. And when we started, there was just a handful of people. And now the area that they do it, it's just packed. There's not enough room. There's not enough space for all of them. And I say all this, please, please know that we're giving glory to God, all of it. This could, this could go on. If Joseph and I weren't there, this would still be going on. We have amazing staff. We, God has just blessed it beyond our imagination. But God is good, you guys. God is moving. He is so powerful. We have seen so many miraculous, and I mean miraculous things happen. Don't let Satan put in our minds that, he's, that God does not do miracles anymore. Don't fall for that. He still does. He can set a demon-possessed person free. We've seen it. He can heal somebody. We've seen it. Don't let Satan and don't let the, the culture of America let us forget and doubt the power of God. God is good. We're so thankful. We're thankful we're able to be here this morning. Um, again, please pray that my visa gets here quick. We're ready to get back. There is a lot of work to be done. And... Um, and pray just for the government of India. His name, his, it's um, Prime Minister Modi. We want him to know Jesus, or we want him out. <laughs> so we thank you. Um, we just appreciate it. God bless. Um, church, let's um, bless them with praying over them. Uh, Joseph and Lane, if you guys would come up, you can bring Aliyah up here too. If anybody wants to come and lay hands on them, I'm going to open it up to the tribe um, just because I, it's, I'm sorry, it's what we do now. So if you feel you don't have to, there's no obligation, nothing. But if you want to come and just lay hands on them, uh, please come forward now. Um, you, you've heard me in the last several sermons and times you've gotten together talk about seeing God move 
and praying for eyes to see God move. And um, I, I love the Jira mission because you get to literally physically see it, God moving in just amazing, crazy ways. And I think one of the reasons for that is if you want to see God move, you look to the places where everyone else has forgotten. And that's where you will really see God's power. Now, having said that, um, God's moving in our culture, in our time. We have to see it, okay? So we pray for those eyes too. Let's pray for Joseph and Lena for a gyra mission and pray for the things that she mentioned. Um, let's, let's go to the Lord. Father God, wow. Um, <clears throat> hmm. First of all, Lord, I, I want to thank you for bringing them to us um, in every way, uh, thinking about um, my brother-in-law, Caleb, um, who brought them to uh, Barbie and I, and then we brought them here, and then you brought them physically here, and I thank you for that. And Lord, I feel a little sheepish in this prayer uh, because I live in a land with so much and so many blessings and I live a life that is um, so free from many uh, real, serious worries and concerns. And yet, Lord, I complain. And so forgive us, Lord, as American believers, as your sons and daughters in this culture. Forgive us when we have a spirit um, that looks to the negative and doesn't see the positive. Uh, forgive us, Lord, when we have brothers and sisters whose very lives are on the line for their faith when we complain about having to go to church on Sunday morning. Um, God, that's why we need this, because we're blessed by it. Uh, whatever we could do for Joseph and Lena and Jira Missions, God, we get it back a hundredfold in ways that uh, bless us. Um, Father, we lift up every concern that uh, uh, Joseph and Lena mentioned. Uh, we lift up uh, the people of India, uh, we lift them up as a nation that you love. Lord, you love them. We lift up uh, this prime minister that you created and you love. And Father, we pray for uh, you, the power of your resurrection to resurrect his heart, break down those strongholds. Father, we would pray that he, like Nebuchadnezzar, like uh, the king of Nineveh, like so many other world leaders, uh, would come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, like uh, Constantine, Lord, let him be like Constantine. Give him a dream in the middle of the night uh, where he wakes up one morning and says, I need to know Jesus. And Father, we know that would be a death knell for his political career, maybe even for his life. But God, what a testimony to your glory. Uh, we don't know, Lord. Bless him or remove him. It's okay to ask for that too. So God, we pray this for your glory to shine on India. Uh, Father God, your... Uh, your glory brought to India by Thomas, the one who doubted and yet saw, saw the holes in Jesus. Uh, Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters. Father, we don't pray for an end to persecution. We pray for strength and for blessing. And we pray that their blood would grow your church. And again, Lord, I feel almost embarrassed to pray that, being in the land that I'm in. Uh, being in a, in a government that I complain about. I, compl I whine about our government, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me. Hmm. We pray for our brothers and sisters. Give them strength. Let your joy be their strength, Father God. Let your joy be their strength. 
Father, we pray for Elena and the visa situation, and we pray for the visas that are going to come down the pike for those that would go over and do work teams or any other missionary work. Lord, I pray that um, this uh, letter that asks if you're going to do missionary work, I pray against it. I pray that uh, red tape and bureaucracy would strangle that letter and it would be done away with uh, so that the doors um, could be more open for people to come, and and especially American Christians that need to go and um, need to see and need to bring back stories uh, of your working, need to be changed, Lord. We all uh, need that change. God, to think that you have blessed this church uh, to be in contact with orphans, with widows, and with lepers. God, you've not forgotten Lexington, Ohio either, and you're still moving here. And God, open our eyes to the miraculous around us and open our hearts to live lives of resurrection power and open our hearts and our minds to be transformed, to be renewed, Lord, in Jesus Christ. Father, is that name that we praise you. God, thanks for this morning. It's been so great. Thank you for our brothers and our sisters all over. We pray again a special hedge of protection for Joseph, for Lena, for our brothers and sisters over there, for these orphans um, that are growing up in a family You are the God that places the orphan and the widow in families. And God, just thinking about what Lena said about widows um, and the gods that curse, Lord, I thank you that you are a God that blesses and that every promise in Jesus is yes and amen. It's on those promises that we lift you up, the promises that we lift Joseph and Lena, the lepers, the orphans, the widows, all our brothers and sisters working over there. These promises, we lift them up in the name of Jesus. Yes and amen. Okay, well, (laughs) whoever's doing kids' own worship today, you're welcome. Because I promise we won't go three hours. Uh, I'm literally just going to share one thing with you, and then then we'll talk about what I was going to talk about next week. Uh, Tribe, you know that uh, since the beginning of this year, I have been uh, laser beam focused on um, what I come to believe is two of the worst plagues afflicting um, the American uh, churches, bitterness and disappointment. And uh, I can't seem to stop talking about it. And I don't want to stop talking about it until I feel that we can get a handle on it. Right? And, I, and I say we get a handle on it when the reality is when we let him get a handle on it in us. And what a great piece to that puzzle today is and what a great piece Jaira Mission is because the reality is disappointment and bitterness uh, have uh, the, the wicked stepchild of dissatisfaction, right? When we are dissatisfied, 
uh, with who we are, with the relationships in our life, with what has happened to us or where we see ourselves, when we are dissatisfied, when the enemy can convince us that the grass is greener, when the enemy can convince us to play the comparison game, when the enemy can convince us to go on social media and see how everybody else's life is great and how ours isn't so much, then that's half the battle to get to bitterness and disappointment. Um, But I just want to make one point out of uh, a place we're going to go next week, but I want you to turn to Jonah, the fourth chapter. Jonah, the fourth chapter, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Because again, I just want, I'm just going to give you one point because I only have seven minutes and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, okay, I want to say something real quick, just as a side note. Guys, thank you. I'm not kidding. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Joseph came up this morning and one of the first things he said was, uh, of course, we have a good clean facility and everything, but he said how well organized we are. We fooled him. I mean, good job, church. Cannot believe that. That was awesome. Organized. Oh, man, if you only knew. Anyway, uh, it's on page 655 in your pew Bibles, Jonah chapter 4. Now, I get it. Growing up, you think this story is about fish, and then you get a little older and you realize, oh, no, no, no. Uh, The story of Jonah is about, uh, you know, God sending uh, Jonah to the city of Nineveh and a repentant city of Nineveh. And you, oh, that's what the story is about. Well, then you get maybe a little bit more and you realize that the story, oh, it's about Jonah and a disobedient heart throughout the story. But let me spoil uh, today and next week by saying the story of Jonah is not about any of those things. The story of Jonah, hear me, tribe, is about the kindness, the gentleness, and the goodness of our God. Because his goodness and his compassion shown on Nineveh, but his kindness and gentleness shown to Jonah, it's all over the story. I want to point out one thing and then we'll go. Starting with verse one, Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Now, next week I'm going to bring up a point about that because in the Hebrew, it's really cool. It doesn't even, the English doesn't even come close to how apoplectic Jonah was in this, right? The Hebrew has a nice little turn of the phrase. Um, uh, but, but again, we don't have time for that. I want to get to the good stuff. So Jonah becomes furious that, that Nineveh wasn't destroyed. That was the point. You get it. He prayed to the Lord. Oh, I, I wish I could do justice with a whiny, angry voice. Okay, because I I don't know about you, but when you read the scriptures, the more I read them, the more I like to get the feel of what they're trying to say. So when I hear Jonah here, I I don't know if it's like a the most aggravating, irritating, like Pee Wee Herman wine voice at the same time angry. But that's what you got here. Actually, if I'm if I'm honest, I, I can kind of duplicate this whiny, angry voice because I've been whiny and angry before the Lord. Anybody with me on that? Anybody ever gone to the Lord? Why, oh Lord, why? Whiny, angry, he is good. Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That's why I was so quick to flee from Tarshish. I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord... The coup de wine, 
Okay? Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Here's my point, and then we'll go. In the English version, we see I and my five times. In the Hebrew, I and me nine times in this little short prayer before the Lord. What does that tell you about bitterness and disappointing, a disappointment and complaining? What does that tell you about a prayer directed towards God, right? But it's all about who? It's all about Jonah. Nine times in the Hebrew, I, me, my. Folks, Lord, save us from ourselves. Let's pray, tribe, and we'll be dismissed. Father God, you've given us a wonderful blessing this morning. We have eaten, Lord. We, just like Joseph said, we haven't prepared the meal. You, you brought it to us. Thank you for your manna. Thank you for Jesus. God, thank you that this universe does not revolve around us and that it's not about us. And God, help us when we get stuck on the I's and the me's. God, help me when I am so quick to lose my hope because my hope's focused on me when my hope should be focused on you. Thank you for the words that Joseph brought to us. Thank you for